Welcome back to the metaverse. Uh, it's it's your boys Nathan and 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 Sean back at it with another episode of Enter the Metaverse. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're November twenty second. I got my November stash going. Yeah, and, uh, I never can grow a stash that looks nice enough to grow. Like it's not even worth growing. Like I just had one before I came on and I shaved because I looked terrible. So yeah, just these last couple of years, I started being able to grow a decent mustache, which is pretty cool. Well, that's uh, exciting. Yeah, last year I, I went. Last year in November, I went to Myanmar on a like a mission trip, and I remember them talking about like the history, a little bit of Myanmar, and how. Um, how like the British had kind of taken over, you know, how the British had settlements or colonies or whatever it was. Right. And so I remember him talking about it and I asked about my mustache. Cause he said, you were you, like, you look like the, you know, the white people that, you know, from, from our history. And I said, Oh, like, um, you know, would, would this like uh, maybe upset people or do you think like, you know, um, like, is it a bad idea for me to have a mustache on? He's like, no, no, no. Like, people around here actually really like the British. They've done a lot for us. Um, okay. Like, they really helped kind of progress their society, I guess. And um, which I found to be very interesting. Um, and I told that to uh, some of my friends who are, like, very, like, decolonial. You know what I mean? And uh, this is a good kind of intro into what we're going to be talking about because i'm going to talk a little bit about some indigenous stuff that i've been researching i just these this last two weeks i've been doing i finished school so i'm doing my uh, practicum with the fraser river indigenous society so i'm really immersing myself into this culture of the indigenous right and i already know a lot about the history you know not a lot but i know some of the history of canada and the indigenous issues and all about colonialism and stuff and so i always saw it in such a negative lens and i always heard about it in such a negative sight like you know the white people came and just like were terrible people right and so it was really interesting hearing this story from this guy like him saying yeah. no like we actually really uh, really liked and respected the the british when they came here so i found that to be really interesting I think um, what, like, you just got a taste of a balanced criticism. Hmm. Because, like we were saying before, it's good to have that contrast of cer certain points of view from certain different people. Because, mm -hmm. like, when we were talking about COVID before, uh, we would say, like, it's good to have a balanced opinion of this. Like, saying, like, it's it, yes, it's killing a lot of people, but look at, like, also look at the recovery rate. And, like, I, how I'm comparing that to this is like a lot of people see it in a negative light you just like you just said but they were saying they were saying it in a positive light so mm -hmm. well i think that's just that's kind of how we operate here at the metaverse it seems right like it seems like what we try to do is gain as much perspective on something as we can and nothing's really black and white that's what i'm learning a lot about this indigenous stuff too like even what i learned in history and what i've thought to be um, issues or or history or whatever it is like I'm learning that I don't really know a whole lot and like we don't really know a whole lot and so I'm trying to immerse myself into the culture more and like and it's working a lot I'm reading this book called uh indigenous methodology yes methodologies um it was recommended to me by the um by the executive director and what it's trying to do is make you think like an indigenous person, right? Like it's, it's saying the way that we think is through a specific lens, like a Western type lens, like even just the idea of how we think and how we're so rational and stuff. This is much more what she's trying to do in this book, it seems is kind of what we do, like recognize that there's, um, there's experience and context to things, but especially like a spiritual side, there's um, a tribal side, like a culture side, right? And and we embody certain knowledges in 
different ways and it can really make it difficult to tackle some big issues when you have a different uh, outlook on things, right? So I do find it very difficult to talk these days about Indigenous issues because it's such a loaded, like it's such a um, loaded subject and people yeah. are so emotionally tied to it and have certain um, certain ideas, but not just ideas like fa like factual, you know what I mean? Like, no, this is what it is, right? There is no other side. I know what I'm talking about and you don't kind of thing, right? Hmm. And so I'm, I'm learning so much because I used to think I knew a lot of stuff and now anyways um so what are some of the things that's going on right now that like political in uh with the indigenous <laughs> like I, okay. before they were arresting people i don't know all over canada i think it was i don't know where it was well there's always uh issues going on in different areas like locally there was um that protest that was happening uh and there's been a couple protests like one's the pipeline right right now mm. <coughs> people are still protesting the pipeline like uh, somebody i've been working with has close connections to the people who are protesting and they're like looking for provisions and stuff still they're living up like li like they're li living in the protest almost kind of okay. thing and um so there's still a lot of stuff going on the the big thing that i think really like really made me try to think was when I was talking to one of the older men that I work with and he was telling me uh, a little bit about the Indian Act right so it's really funny how Canada claims to be this like progressive and like inclusive society yeah. yet one of our one of our documents our founding document right now that's still in circulation is this Indian Act right and like so there's legal status Indians and stuff like that. And it's so funny how um, calling an indigenous person an Indian now is it, it's almost tantamount to us like, um, uh, not a swear, uh, I don't know, like, like saying the N word almost, right? It's like, it's getting into that category of like hate speech almost. Okay, yeah. Yet one of our like principal documents it's littered all over and technically speaking like those indigenous people according to according to the government right now they the government sees them as indians technically speaking like through this document right and so they he was telling me now I, I never really thought about this much he's but he's telling me how how right now the biggest problem is that um there is a racist document still being used and um and part of the problem with it is that there's provisions for it, right? Like, so the Indians, because that's what that's what this document uh, calls them, yeah. right? They have certain uh, rights that are a lot different than um, than us, right? They're treated much differently. Like, there's certain tax breaks, certain uh, land-owning possessions and things like that. But there's a lot to it. Like, it, it's it's huge. And so he was telling me how sometimes it can seem like it, there's there's good things in there right like he's saying that there's things in there that um that seem beneficial to the indigenous people but uh, but in reality that's not the way it is and um it's almost like i i was kind of asking it's almost like uh, like a cloak cloak and mirror kind of thing you know like smoke yeah. you know like kind of just it's a delusion it's like it's like a distraction for what there. what they really want to take advantage mm -hmm. of right like mm -hmm. they're just trying to give you like here we'll give you this well we'll take this from you so i like uh, after having this conversation i talked to the executive director because we're kind of working hand in hand on what i'm going to do for my practicum right so right now i'm just helping with random tasks and um you know certain things that need to get done like we did a food drive last week we delivered um food hampers to different uh families especially like you know young mothers and stuff like that who mm -hmm. need some help this holiday season and um so i'm doing a lot of stuff like that but i wanted to do like almost a research paper i told her i said like after after reading this like getting into this book and thinking about what this man said i'm like how does canada how is it not if we're going to talk about all this progressive stuff and like be 
like a shining light of progression and we're you know we're not racist and all that kind of stuff and we want to make forward changes like the first thing should be attacking this document like like reconstructing it right like just get rid of the indian act and recreate something that's better that fits people i mean that's a huge task to complete and obviously the government will not want to do it like you know that that could just change everything really but it is what should happen or what should be at least considered or in the works it should be at least in the works and so i was saying how like i wanted to do a research paper on this on like how to kind of deconstruct this indian act and mm-hmm. create a new one that's more feasible right and like obviously that's way too big of a task for me like even of course when i was thinking about it and saying it like there's that's like you know like that's like a master's paper or something but my like question like is yeah sorry sorry my Go i interrupt but um my question is would there ever be an act that's actually good enough but i know like it would be better mm. but would it be like like there's so much like yeah. rights that are not there you know what i'm saying because yeah don't know i don't know and it, and it could be worse you know like people could use the opportunity to really do like to take advantage or do something that they shouldn't do right so it could be even worse i don't mm-hmm. know i mean but it's at least something that should be addressed anyways i'm moving away from that because um because there's no way i can do that and i'm i'm probably not going to work here like i'm gaining a lot of experience and there are a lot of issues like you know i learned in school like the Indigenous people have a much higher rate of so many different things, right? Like poverty, uh, addiction, um, you know, like there's just, the, the scale is crazy in Canada. Like if you, if you have Indigenous in you, you're more likely to be in these uh, different difficult life situations, right? So okay. uh, often a lot of social work is geared towards indigenous people because they need services and so um so it's a big like it's a big need in this community but um i don't know i kind of want to go more in towards working with kids and youth and stuff and um, are you working so we'll with see. indigenous youth right now no i no i haven't been and that's the thing with this job is so far it's been so much like it's been more paperwork than i want you know what I mean? Like, it's not as much on the front lines, like, you know, you know, outreach and finding people. And like, I've done a little bit where I got to deliver some of these food hampers and, you know, there's connecting people and organizing resources and stuff like that. And so it's all helpful and needed, but it's not really mine. Like, it's not my forte. I want to be more like hands-on meeting people, talking to people. And so, um, yeah, I'm thinking of, you know, just finishing this up. I've got two weeks left. I'm going to try to finish this book or at least get like halfway by the end of practicum. And um, because I am learning a lot with it. It's great. And it's really aligning with my thinking, right? I do feel like I almost think like an Indigenous. The reason I I joined this uh, organization for my practicum is because it's like the catalyst for going to school. I think I talked to you about Dancing Water. Remember him on the street? Yes, yes when I met him that was the catalyst for me going to school and um and then when I met the executive director for this organization at a homeless camp like we just talked about her organization I I said I'd love to do a practicum right like I feel very at home with the indigenous people and I mean as far as I can tell they're just much more friendly like just seems to be that way like more um open-hearted and honest and and caring and stuff as opposed to uh, like even this organization it seems that way everybody there is so great like it's unfortunate that I don't see myself aligning really with the work but like all the people are so nice and friendly and um and so it's been really good for sure well that's good I wanted to kind of change the topic a little bit yeah um, because well, how's your week been do you want to like well uh yeah i i joined a counseling session um Mm. and i went like i just wanted to take one thing from that counseling is that um she says that my 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 like when we always we talk about the power of our words and stuff like that and like how how they have uh 
you know, yeah. power and stuff. What, what, what we say has power. Like, I always have, like, here we go again. I have a habit of saying always or never in a negative mm. light. And mm. when you have absolutes, then you're, like, blocking off opportunities. So, I never like speaking in absolutes. Okay, I there we go. Just, I don't. But you just said it. You never. So, but then exactly. it's like, that's yes. a positive, but. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's funny. That's good. Yeah. Um, I, I make an effort to not speak with absolutes. I do. I really do. And, and cause I, I hear what you're saying. Exactly. Like, why should I say never? Cause sometimes, right. Or mm-hmm. why should I say always? Cause nothing's always mm-hmm. right. And, um, it's almost like an exaggeration and it's, um, I don't like to exaggerate because exaggerating is kind of like bending the truth. And I try to be yeah. as truthful as I can be. Cause right? like, like when I hear my father, he talks about, uh, he, he, he believes a lot of stereotypes about people. Mm. He's, he's old fashioned. So just the way it is, he is. So he'd be like, Oh, this person's this way. So they must be like this because most of them are like this or always like this. Mm. And I'm like, that's not, that's not even, that's just like, that's just a stereotype. It doesn't mean it's ha- like, like that person could look that way, but they could be born in this country. It doesn't mean they're this, right? Or maybe their background's that, mm-hmm. but like, doesn't mean I don't want to say that the actual names, but like, yeah. Um, yeah. Like not all stereotypes are true. Yeah. I think like my, I was thinking about my father too and, and the way he used to speak like this week, I had a, a really emotional day one time. I was like really re- reflecting, looking back on on actually what came to me was a joke that my dad used to say. I heard him say it at least once, maybe twice. Like he might've said it twice, but I know, I remember specifically hearing him say this joke and it's a racist joke, right? And I want to say it, like I want to tell you okay. this joke because he said, um, and like, and this is how he said it too, he said, uh, where, um, where do you hide an Indian's keys in his work boots? Like it's it's like a joke on how Indigenous people don't work hard or something like that, right? Okay. And I was just like, and it really like kind of jarred me thinking back to some of the language he used to use about Indigenous people. And mm-hmm. like my dad was a really open and caring guy. And I don't, and like, I don't think he said that joke maliciously, like, and, you know, I'm sure he would be really considerate when he would use it. But yeah, at the same time, like, it is, a you know, a lot of jokes are racist, right? Like, that's, uh, we don't really say them as much anymore. But I remember growing up and like, so many jokes were about racist, right? And like, not, and um but I wonder what his perspective was on Indigenous people. And if he did stereotype, right? If he did think that, oh, they don't work and stuff like that, right? And I think the Indian Act... Um, Can we pause for a sec? Sorry about that. You were saying the Indian Act? Yeah, I think the like the Indian Act might even create that kind of thinking, right? In the sense that what people on... like the other side of the fence though, you know, white people might see some of these things like tax breaks or like educational opportunities, right? And stuff like that. They might see it through that lens and be like, oh, they get all these things and stuff just, you know, just because of their skin and whatnot, right? So I think the Indian Act itself can create almost an animosity on the other side because of some of the benefits that come from it. Now, if that's all you're going to like, clearly there's so many deficits. Right. Um, but if all you see is the benefits and you kind of create a stereotype of what these people are like. Right. And I wonder what my dad, you know, he didn't really, he was never racist or really like anything like that, but sometimes he said stuff about indigenous people that uh, like thinking back, it was, I was kind of like, Whoa, like, you know, what was my perspective on indigenous people? But also you got to look at it this way. Cause like, if you look at, uh, I mean, it was never ever acceptable to say these things, but Mm -hmm. the times that we grew up in, like things were different back then, you know? So 
I mean, I if you're saying these things now, then they're not acceptable, of course. Mm-hmm. And they were never, they were never, they were never acceptable. But like, people just got away with things that mm-hmm. were, that they weren't. Because it's just, I, I, I can't. I'm not justifying anything, but. No, of course not. Yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing I think about my dad, and he's just like he liked to laugh a lot, and so he would tell jokes and a lot of times jokes are racist, right? Like, and, um, and sometimes he said some jokes in bad taste and, and not at the right time and stuff like that. That was kind of his character. He was always joking. He was never really serious. He was always like, always being silly kind of thing. And I think it that... bugged my mom so much. It was so funny, but anyways, yeah. yeah. But like, I think it happens on both ends of the spectrum. People joke like, sure back in like sure. maybe not now but like i don't know probably but <laughs> but just thinking about some of these like that's that's one example like i remember him talking about i remember something on at the time on the news about like an indigenous elder stealing all the gov all the money that the government gives like for the um or like the reservation or whatever or like you know the government allots some certain money to use for their tribe or or their families or whatever it is and it was in the news that this one chief like stole it all right Mm -hmm. and so um i'm just thinking about these different scenarios and how um they create a perspective for me and um and how he thought and felt about these things and it was just it was really an emotional week kind of thinking about this all this stuff and being a part of the culture and seeing that really like indigenous peoples are hurting right now. Like this is a difficult time for them. I mean, this is a difficult time for everybody in general. There's yeah. so, like, if you go down East Hastings and stuff, and if you go in Maple Ridge, like if you go into the more poor areas, like you're gonna see a lot of indigenous people, like a, a much higher ratio uh, than white people, right? Like way against the, the actual numbers of what's in Canada. And so um, right now it's especially hard for people who are on the streets or those who are in poverty, like, you know, fighting for um, just getting a job, right? People are losing, people are losing jobs and stuff like that and money. And so those people are getting affected uh, a lot more than we might think. So there's just so many, I mean, it can't fix the world. Right. But um, well, the, there's the I can't, and then I well, like to I like I don't to rep- think, yeah I like to I replace I can fix the world like maybe the little things that I do like I can improve the world I believe that I can improve the world but I don't think anybody like I don't care what happens it seems to me that the world's not going to be perfect it's just never going to be like that and yeah. things can yeah. Like so words, I can't do it. I'm just well, a man. I, yeah, I I'd, I'd like to replace the I can't. I learned this from a guy named Dan Locke. He's a he's a business uh, motivational speaker slash a lot of things. Anyway, he talks about words you shouldn't say, like most mm. like ever, really, mm. and like what you should replace these words with. And he was saying like, if you say I can't, take that out of your vocabulary and you say how can I. So, like, for example, be like, I can't. How can I change the world? Yeah, yeah. how, no, how can I. How can I perfect how, the world? Not perfect. Like, that's another yeah. word. I think that not even perfection is not even on the vocabulary yeah. either. How yeah. can I make the world better? How can I make the world not perfect, but, you know. So, the reason I, I even put that in there, like, why I say I can't, because, you know, with me, the bigger problem I have is saying I can. Like, I. I kind of almost sometimes have a very grandiose perspective of myself. Like mm-hmm. I think highly of myself often. Like it's a good thing. When, <laughs> but it could kind of yeah, dangerous too. That's it. It is kind of dangerous, and that's what I mean. Like when I go out with people, like often I feel like, um, like I'm above them, even though I don't want to think that. Like maybe whatever it is, like more mature, I guess you'd almost say, right? Like when they're complaining to me about their itty bitty problems, kind of thing, right? I just think in my head, like, oh man, like if you had my life, you, you know, like, and I try to get away from that, right? So mm. when I say like something like I can't, it's because 
often I feel like I like I have a high perspective of myself. I feel like I can do so much. And if I and if I want something to get done, I believe like uh, and I think and it, like it could get done. I feel like I have a way of getting it done, right? And so sometimes it's nice to just ground myself in things that I can't do, right? And so it's almost like in a sense of just shutting that right out, like, right, just reminding myself. It's almost like trying to, hum it's trying to humble myself. Still though, you're right. Like I still shouldn't use, it. that's a good thing to think about. Like, because like- I should not use, I can't. That's yeah. not a good, that's just not a good thing to say. Like, cause like my friend was saying like, oh, I can't get this job because I'm working this job and I have no time. I can't, I can't, I can't. And I'm like, well, why don't you ask the question, how can I get this job instead of, instead of telling, instead of putting a statement out and be like, ask the question to people who, who offer you jobs, who know about jobs, who like, right. how can you do this? Like there, there's always a way. And like, if you have no time, quit your job. If you if there's a guarantee you're gonna get the other job, like there's there's always a way. If other yeah. people have got out of your situation, and I bet you many people quit your job to get another different job, or like that's just an example, but like you know, like people have got out of your situation to be, become better at something else. So sorry, I just I'm not talking about upstairs. we're oh. walking around. Sorry, it's distracting. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. <sighs> Yeah, that's okay. Um, no, of, of, you know, of course, that's uh, not really a good mindset to be like, I can't do this. I can't do that. You're totally right. Like, how can I is a better way to go about things. And see, but I'm not like, I'm not like that. I'm way more often like, I can, I can. And it's just sometimes I feel like, I feel like in today's society, especially like, with the whole social media is sometimes we feel like we need to fix the world's problems. Right. And, and it's true. We do, but um, I think we need to be more patient. Right. And, and remember that these problems are a lot bigger than us. And well, well, I think, I think the patience part, I mean, like with, with COVID, I'm, I'm just changing the topic a little bit. But like with sure. COVID, yes, we have to be patient with that. We have to be patient with COVID. Certain certain things we have to be patient with. But other things we don't have to be patient with, to be honest. I think we've been patient too much, especially with the indigenous people. They've been way beyond patient. Like, sure. beyond belief. And like, their time is now. And they need to, they need to take action. And like, they need to do it not forcefully. Like, they have to do it mm -hmm. smart way. And... Mm -hmm. And it it's, a big a lot of, it's a big task, but they, yeah. they need to have like a collective of people that yeah. ha are assigned duties to do certain, certain things to get well, things done. So right now I'm kind of working in it and I've got a heart for like, like clearly I, I see there's an issue and I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it and I'd like to benefit in whatever way I can. Um, I would have to be patient in the sense of like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I don't believe I could fix these issues right now. I believe if I'm going to make a difference and fix some of these issues, it's going to be like, I'm going to have to put aside like years, right? And like really like immerse myself more, like probably take a job here, right? And take like a few years to really ground myself, get some credentials and build up like uh, but what I can do in the meanwhile is learn and share and just try to get a better grasp on what I know. Like, um, cause that was like, that was what really changed me. I thought I knew some of the indigenous issues, right. And now I'm learning just even these last two weeks, I'm learning more and more. And so what it made me think about too is like how we can connect this kind of to this propaganda piece because you want to talk about propaganda yes right? modern modern so, part propaganda more than history propaganda because sure a lot of people know about history propaganda and they think oh that's in the past we don't have propaganda anymore like mm -hmm. we live on a day-to-day -day no basis way. where there's propaganda no everywhere way. so oh, totally well propaganda is just like what um it's what they what we believe through the influences we get, right? Mm. And so, 
Um, there's all different sorts of propaganda and how it works. And um, so a lot of, a lot of thinking on these indigenous issues is propaganda too, right? Like how, what, a lot of the times it's not something open for interpretation, especially modern, like modern news and politics and stuff and, and just uh, social Hidden media. agendas and how social we, media. How we share with, with people, how we share information is not very much like open for interpretation. It's almost like somebody is telling you how you must interpret this information, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's like, that's propaganda right there. Somebody giving you a piece of information and telling you you must believe it this way. Think about it. Yeah. How? And so, I mean, we see that all the time. Like, I I see it all the time. I could open up my Facebook and find somebody sharing a news article and telling me how I'm supposed to think about it. And then another person. I have a very wide range of friends on my Facebook, right? Yeah. And then having the next person share the exact same thing and telling me the complete opposite of how I should think about it. You know what I mean? Yes. And so there's there's so much of this like. Um, almost kind of like what you're saying this I can't or like this this absolute of how you must think about certain things how you must act about certain things and um, yeah I think it's pretty dangerous I mean propaganda of course is dangerous it's fueled wars for history and I know you don't want to get into the history but I've you know like television was when, when it first came out, when television first came out, like there was articles from politicians. I, I think Hitler wrote something famous about how the invention of the television is like how he is going to um, take over. So it was something along those lines, right? Like the television was the biggest kind of propaganda pe- uh, uh, tool that you could use. And, and it still is. Re- exactly. It still is. But politicians recognized it back then and talked about it back then. But now I feel like we're not talking about it. And we have all these screens shoved in our face. And we're not talking about how we are taking this information and how we're interpreting it. And, and um, I think a lot of people like uh, that are older generation, um, they, ha- they think, not all of them, but a lot of them, are, like they, they have a certain way of believing things like because of the way they're grown up. And um, they they get lost in this in this news stream and and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. they don't they they kind of lose a little bit of common sense when it comes to what is actually being told. Is this a lie or is this the truth? Or should you just believe everything I hear? You know. I think uh, part of the problem is that all of us, older people, the older generation, and the younger people are all like that. The thing is though, is that the older people are much more in tune to the news. Younger people that aren't, you know, it's almost like our attention span is all over the place. But Mm -hmm. like most of my family, like if I go to a family dinner or something um, and the older men in the family, wherever we go, whoever's house it is, usually on the television is the news. Like if it's the evening, they're watching the news. Right. Whereas uh, us younger people, like we're not really sitting around watching the news. It just doesn't seem that way to me. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so of course we're going to have kind of these different levels of thinking and, and how we take these things. It seems there's totally generation gaps. Right. So my kind of thought, what I want to also include on that idea of the generation gap is that I, I do think that these indigenous issues and and a lot more a lot more issues are going to get tackled once the baby boomer baby boomer generation dies out i think in 20 years because most of that kind of old style thinking it seems to be nested in the baby boomer generation well i think think we're having a second generation of baby boomers right now Hmm. well once once our generation i think yeah, once kind of the millennials or maybe the one book after us, once they start getting some maturity, you know, like into, uh, you know, because after you got to be at least like 30 or 40 to start, you know, piecing things together and recognizing 
how the world works and the balance that's necessary for a society. Well, on average, I guess, maybe. I don't know. I just think it takes uh, some life experience to, to really start seeing how it works. And so I think like once our generation or the next generation kind of gets to that point where they can start seeing how their progressive thinking, they can now start incorporating that into say law or mandates or revisiting the Indian act and stuff like that. I think once the wisdom of, uh, of that generation can, can match the tenacity to change things. I think that that's when the real change is going to happen. And right now there's just too many old people. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't speak in absolutes, right? Yes. But yeah. It seems to me that a lot of the older people in my life and from what I see from uh, social media, that they are a little more into the old school type thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of like thinking like, like we said, when we were kids and those kind of racist jokes, they were just a thing, right? Mm. Their entire life, they grew up with that type of thing just being a thing. It's no big deal, right? Like, I'm not actually racist. It's just a joke, you know? Like, I don't um, um, want to hurt those people. But like we've been talking about, we understand the power of words, right? And so even though it is a joke, right? And, and it's important to laugh. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I love to laugh. Yeah. We need some peaceful jokes. And sometimes you kind of want to push the boundaries for laughter, right? Like, uh, I like doing I think, that. Yeah, I think there's a time and a place for certain things. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing it, like, all the time to spite people, then you're just, that's when you're crossing Oh, that's line. not good. No, that's no good. And a lot of people do that, right? They almost want to get a rise out of other people and have a moment to kind of flex their knowledge or information, you know? I've seen, it seems... To me, I feel like we've talked about this before, how there seems to be like a great divide, almost like the Trumpists and like, you know, progressives or whatever you'd call them. What, what, how would you almost put it? Anyways. I wouldn't use that example, but. <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, there's like, there seems to be like this divide. Because I know right. people in my life who are like either, not like pro-Trump, but like pro like what he stands for at least you know right and um like business and and our country and like take care of us and we need better economic policies and things like that and socialism is terrible and then you have the other side like oh socialism is the greatest thing and you guys are all evil people and trump needs to burn in hell and things like that right and you kind of have these two people on the left and right I've noticed what's that left and right yes exactly a left and a right but there seems to be this great chasm you know and i've seen it play out like i've i've watched conversations between these two different types of people right and it's it's crazy how um how something like that can just tear people apart you know and tear i'm I know you've kind of experienced some of that kind of stuff too. Yeah, well, yeah. like I was trying to raise a point. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but I was raising a point and then they were just laughing at it because they're like, it's, they think it's just a big joke. And I'm like, man, people are like dying. People are, people are like, this is people's lives, you know, like this is a serious matter. And they're just yeah. laughing at it like, oh no, just vote whoever 2020, right? It's like, no, 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 no. Like I, I think like, I the American politics is just so. Yeah, it's just so. But even Canadian politics, man, is it's quite something. Like watching, I really, I am not a fan of Trudeau. Like I'm not a fan really of the only politicians. Uh, when we had the election, I mm-hmm. voted Green Party for um, Elizabeth May. She was the only one in the. Um, in the debate, the election debate, that's like actually had something to say. I, Is this I for the provincial? It. No, no federal. This oh, was okay. when, um, when Trudeau bad. got elected. Um, you know, uh, I I was thinking about voting NDP, but uh, Jagmeet Singh, he was he was talking like the politicians too. They were they were all just saying fluff. 
It was nothing of substance. They were, they were not answering questions properly. They, they were answering in the way that they wanted to, you know, like they were spinning it. So yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost like they wrote out an answer. But Elizabeth May was the only one that seemed to straight me up, like no filter, mature, no filter, honest, and like and passionate. The rest of them had it seemed like no passion other than trying to deface each other. Like that's the only feeling of passion that I got from them, right? And I, I, I hate it when, especially the Green Party, when they, not the Green Party, but like when people talk about voting for the Green Party, oh, you must be like this, you must believe mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. It's like, what, what are you talking about? They're another party. They've been around for so long. They have, they stand up for, for mm -hmm. like environmental, like a lot, they stand up for a lot. Like, 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 and there's such a stigma around voting for Green. Well, I voted for Green. I vote. I've always voted every time there's a vote I I cast a ballot and I voted for green more than any other party actually and it usually just comes down to stuff like this like so one thing I would say is that totally right now like if green if the green party were to take over like um, in charge I don't think they'd do a good job they don't have um enough people in the positions to do a good job, right? Like Elizabeth May was great. Um, but what, what I believe though, is in me casting my vote, the more votes that they get, the more people will join their party. You know what I mean? Like the more leaders will join mm -hmm. their party. Cause if I'm, if I'm a young guy and I'm, I'm thinking about getting into politics, like I'm thinking about trying to run for an MP and like what why would i join the green party if i actually want to win right like i'm if there's a choice i'm going to go either ndp liberal or conservative because they're more likely i'm more likely to get voted in for there but so my vote right now is almost like a vote for the future in the sense of if this party can keep getting more votes more people with leadership qualities that want to lead and make a difference especially considering it's the green party like that mix of those two things in 20 years, I do think the green party could be a strong party. I think like your, your vote. Yeah. Voting for green every single time. It's going to make a difference for sure. It's, and also like word of mouth saying, like saying you voted um, right. and, uh, and showing, showing their, their, their promises and stuff like that. What they, what they stand for. Like yeah. supporting them completely, like full on activism, like in a way, I guess. I guess that's the word. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, of course they're not perfect, but yeah. Uh, but I wanted to say, um, like, like gradually those numbers will go up, and then and then they'll show like that maybe they do have a chance this year, right? Yeah. Whatever year that may be, maybe it's next next election possibly, mm -hmm. like, and then like if they show even if they didn't win that time. Then people will be like, "Wow, that they had such a close call. Maybe we should vote for them this time. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get in." Dude, do you know how many? Like, I know so many people. I mean, strategic voting is like a big thing. I know so many people who would like to vote for Green Party, but they, but they'll vote for NDP or something like that, right? Because they see them as having a better chance at beating the Liberals or whatever it is, right? Like, mm -hmm. they vote for the party that mostly aligns with their thinking that actually has a chance at getting in. So uh, totally, if, if in years to come, the Green Party's votes keep going up and they start getting closer to the other parties, people are going to be like, oh, well, maybe I should just vote for this party then because they have just as much likelihood of winning, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So people, people yeah. think, a lot of people don't think that way. They think like, I got to yeah. vote for this because they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna lose if I don't vote because this other person's going to win and they're not, Whoa. the Green has no chance. Do you know how many times I had to explain this? Because I vote all the time and I talk openly about politics. Like if you don't want to, if you don't want to tell me who you want to vote for, we don't have to talk about it. You know what that mm. kind of thing, right? But if somebody wants to talk about what's going on and, oh, who are you going to vote for? I'll tell them. And so many times people were saying, oh, you're just wasting your vote. And, and I'll explain this to them because I don't think people should think that that's a wasted vote, no. right? I don't think that's... And, and I personally, when they, when they tell me that they're voting for this party because the strategic voting kind of thing, I say, I, I can't do what you're doing. Like, I can't, I can't put my name on a ballot for somebody 
I don't want to run the country, mm-hmm. right? Like I can't, I have to put my name on the ballot of somebody who I want. I don't yeah, care it's an honest if they're vote. not going to get in or not. Yeah, an honest vote. That's what I have. That's the only way I can vote. And when everybody's doing all the strategic that, uh, voting, I try to tell them that. I try to say like, hey, what if all of you people who are strategically voting actually voted for who you wanted? Maybe they would win. Right? <laughs> exactly, like, right? It's just there's so many different pieces as to why I don't think that type of voting should be condoned and like encouraged it's often encouraged and i don't i don't believe that that's right i don't think that's right i think you should just vote for who you think and whether regardless of whether they're going to win or not especially because it'll help them in the future if you believe in the party your vote for them matters right and yeah um but anyways i've I've thought about yeah. you know right. like getting involved more with the green party because i always vote for them you know well i had a friend who was a volunteer for the ndp and he was a volunteer for a long time i don't know if he still is i don't know if he has a job there or something but he was he was going hard for many years and uh and then he started his own video youtube channel and or facebook channel or something and yeah. he's always he stands for what he believes in. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's an option. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think, like, the Green Party would be maybe a party that would start considering some of these Indigenous issues, right? Um, but that's a big responsibility, right? So a lot of people would say, oh, no way they could tackle that, right? And right now they couldn't, I don't think. They just don't have the leadership capability. But... You know, give it 10 years. Some of these younger people who are passionate, who are getting involved in politics and who start maturing and understanding how there needs to be a balance, right? Like you can't just, you can't necessarily just tear up the roots, right? I think like, like you have give, to. Yeah. Putting a number on it. I mean, it's, it's good to set deadlines, I'm but. Just, I'm just thinking out loud. That's. Yeah. You're saying 10 years, but I think that's. Yeah. Too that's. Oh man. I think that's. Um, like, I think I'm being optimistic here, personally. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think it's moving that fast. I would love it to move that fast in 10 years. But, you know, realistically, I think it's a little bit further. Um, but I do, I do think it will happen. And it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do my best. And um, that's just my guess. You know, 10 years is when Green Party might start. I don't know who they're going to replace uh, Elizabeth May with. Because yeah. I think she's leaving. I think that uh, if you want change, like you have to be active about it, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and you have to be you have to be pushy sometimes. Not not like in maybe not in public, but like just networking and getting out like the word out. If you want if you want change to happen fast, faster than ten years, you're gonna have to do something about it, right? So, so I just want to say on that aspect, like. Kind of like what we were talking about. I feel like there's just so many things that I would like to change or or push forward. But, um, you know, so like, oh, okay, I'm passionate about the Green Party. I should go and volunteer with them. It's like, well, um, that would mean I couldn't, you know, get involved with the Indigenous Society, right? It's almost like we have to... I feel like we need to understand our limits and kind of learn how to focus where we can make the best contribution to a passion we care about. You know what I mean? Because I know what you mean. Yeah. If I tackle all these things at once, I'm either going to burn out or I'm not going to do any of them effectively. Right. And so I might want to change the world, but I need to focus on one thing to change right now to to actually be as effective as I can. Right? I think that medicine is good for your for yourself right now. To be honest, because because I always notice you like to tackle a lot of things at once. Yeah. Like you like to do this podcast. You like to do your schooling. You like to do your band. You like to do God knows what else. But yeah, a, lot a lot of things. I mean, you you like to be busy. You like to keep busy. Um, but it doesn't mean that whatever your path you're on right now, it doesn't mean it's going to, going to, it's going to be set in stone. That's going to get it what you're going to do the whole time. Sure. So yeah. you have lots of time, but 
you also have to give yourself rest and you have to give yourself reflection. So, um, yeah, try not to juggle too much at once. Yeah, we definitely need rest and reflection. I need to keep myself more busy, but it just, right. it's hard with the stress and, uh, it's possible. It's possible to get keep myself more busy, and I'm I'm working on that. I I'm like I said I am I just got a DJ controller. I actually bought an actual one, and I'm very excited to play playing on that. Yeah, really, dude. I've been learning, we, I've been learning, yeah. I'm so stoked to jam with you. We got to mm. get in the uh, jam studio and work on some tunes. Yeah, I want to see that thing. It's neat. It's neat. I got to get a taller desk though because like. I don't like sitting down the entire time and like it's so it's, you should really you should you should get a desk or something that you can carry with you mm -hmm. for like gigs you know like almost like a gig kind of thing where you're standing you shouldn't be sitting and doing that of course you of really course. shouldn't be standing. last time yeah. i was sitting because the, the the chair was i mean not the, the height. chair the height of the desk was way too yeah. short i actually i actually bought a a stand for my laptop too that i uh it raised it's like a it raises up because I can't put my laptop on the same level of the mm. desk because it's not enough space. So the, the, the stand goes underneath the DJ controller, yeah. on, oh, but then cool. it's like on the side. So like it's not hanging on top of it, but it's on the side. Mm. So it's pretty, I have to show you a picture later, but yeah, yeah cool. I, I, I've been doing that. And because we didn't really get into how my week was, but I, yeah, I've been doing counseling. Um, and I joined the gym a couple weeks ago. I think I told you this. But you're back at the gym, so that's good. Well, well, not I'm not right back now. at the gym, but, yeah, but I will, will be. Yeah. Once things start settling down a bit, I hope they do, man. Like, I don't, I don't know about getting all all cooked up and stuff. Like, speaking about pro propaganda, I don't know. I do feel like they are blowing this up a little more than necessary, and people are scared and on edge last week i saw i i remember one day i saw so many arguments like between random people like i went to tim hortons and two people in line were like like arguing with each other you know impatient waiting for their coffee there's an argument going on driving away later i see two people like almost at blows in front of a um in front of a bank hmm. and i'm i really like there's there's a lot of tension in the air right yes. and a lot of tension about this covid thing and a lot of regulation getting passed down and a lot of people not necessarily liking them and a lot of people just adhering to them and a lot of people who are like who are like you're a terrible person if you're doing these things and that and there's just so much going on so much um fear mixed into it too i think like i do think that the propaganda piece on this has been spiked up for some reason like i do think um they're trying to get people more like scared and i don't like i don't like the fear and the tension that's yeah uh that's why i avoid i try to avoid the news and i i try to avoid too all of this propaganda like i i wanted to delete my facebook i couldn't because i mean i could have i could have deleted my facebook yeah. but i have the marketplace where i buy a whole bunch of stuff for like kind of like craigslist so i'm like i'm gonna keep it i might actually delete it and then create a new one but then the, when you create a new one you can't just join the marketplace right away it's like a kind of like a you need like a verification for a couple of days or something maybe a few months so i might just delete it because like it's just it's so toxic and a lot of people on there aren't even really your friends they're just there because like you know them and then like you were friends and it's like no i'm not your friend anymore it's like i'm, gonna, I'm not gonna delete you either i'm just gonna look at you and laugh at all your posts <laughs> you know it's like wh why do i even have it so um well i've got such like i was saying before i feel like i've got quite a diverse set of friends on facebook and mm -hmm. I try not to get let any of that kind of stuff get to me. You know, I know a lot of people who will go on like Facebook wars and stuff like that, like, you know, comments and stuff like that. I try to stay out of it all. Um, but I'll read people's things and I just, I do find it funny, like how the amount of people on my Facebook are like either here or like here, like just so think so Divided, different. Yeah. 
and it's part of like you know that's that's what i'm liking about this book it's like reevaluating how we think right yeah but and... i think there are a few people that like that honestly get me that do get me on like on my facebook like for you you for example and another mm -hmm. couple of like there's a handful of people and i think that's what we need to cherish the most is those those not just those people but like the things we talk about like the the little things and like try not to get these things like all the stress to your head enjoy yourself um and uh yeah yeah sometimes you let get, the stress drop off for yeah, sure sometimes you just gotta like like that's why people go on retreats so they like re re they refresh they rejuvenate and you know mm -hmm. But you know well, we can't I'm do really that because of COVID. For tomorrow, um, Monday mornings at this work, which is really cool. I think this is a great idea. We we do what's called a smudging ceremony. I'll kind oh, yeah. of show you some of the stuff. Uh, is it that Sage? We... What's that? Is it Sage or Paul Santo? Say I'll show you the a few of the different uh, medicines. Okay. That's what we call it. So like I grab some of it because I'm gonna I'm gonna do some of my own at home because I just like enjoy it so much and they said yeah take as much as you want so like in the sh in a seashell mm -hmm. you put this is uh, um, sweet grass it's called yeah I have sweet grass spray over there and but then, it's, yeah. I like I like sweet grass smells nice and sage sage yeah and uh, cedar cedar yeah yeah. So these are three of like the traditional tribal medicines. The other one's tobacco. Um, mm -hmm. How is your then, smoking quitting going, by the way? Not very good. <laughs> not very good. Sometimes it's going okay. The beginning of the month was going pretty well. And then um, this, like this last week, how I told you, is just a really emotional week. And, and doing this practicum and just like, going from school, finishing school Friday mm -hmm. to like a job Monday, you know, at this place, like in a place where I kind of stick out like a sore thumb. Right. Mm -hmm. It was, it was pretty stressful. I like, you know, I'm not going to lie. The last two weeks have been very, very stressful actually. And uh, okay. yeah. so, yeah, I definitely have uh, been smoking. But you use the feather to, to, to like, spread the, it's like, the the it's like wafting yeah and so yeah. you're and so when we do this um like she'll burn it and she'll blow we'll all kind of stand in the different directions and send like positive energy towards all our relations like north south east west the four um sacred directions kind of mm -hmm. thing and um and then we pass along to each other so like you'll go up to the next person and you'll start wafting it on them and they will take the smoke and like put it over their eyes and ears. And it's supposed to like, it, um, I could actually it cleanses. Say, it cleanses your aura. Yeah. And it's supposed to, what it's supposed to really do, like it says right here. Yeah. So it cleanses our eyes. Like, so for each one that cleanses our eyes so that they will see the truth around us, the beauty of our mother, the earth, the gifts given to us by our creator and the love shared with us through our families, friends, and communities. We cleanse our mouths so that all that we speak will be truthful, said in a way that will empower the positive, only good things, and always full of words of praise and thanksgiving for our creator. Like, so it's, it's like this idea of, yeah, you get the idea. And so you'll put it over yourself and then you'll turn around and they'll waft it on you up and down your body. And then you pass it on to the next person. It's really beautiful. It's great. Yeah, you can you can smudge your whole house. Like you could like house smudging is very common. Meditation oh, yeah. while smudging is very common. Like I smudge like to smudge you could also smudge like items. Like you could smudge crystals. A lot of people do that in metaphysics. Oh, okay. So like to cleanse a crystal, there's many different ways, but smudging is I think is one of my more favorite ways of doing it because it's very, very effective um and also with the full moon also you can smudge crystals with the full moon's light so you put your crystals out during the night of a full moon and it re like recharges them so like you can feel the energies from them like subconsciously mm. when you when you do a lot of cleansing i haven't done it in a while so i need to do that but definitely yeah, I doing it. 
definitely even cleansing your house you can feel like you can just feel like there's a less lot less tension in the house mm-hmm. like after a bad argument you smudge and you feel way better trust me mm-hmm. and uh yeah. i i you yeah, sound I when you were when you're explaining that when you're explaining this budget, you sounded a lot like the guy from the metaphysical store that I really want to take you to, because he's mm. he's very 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 um, uh, knowledgeable on this type of stuff. So, mm. cool. Yeah, we should go. That'd be fun. Yes. Yeah. Like a little uh, field trip. Yeah, and I go there. I love I those there, stores too. They're so there, much fun. Yeah, I go there quite often, but I haven't gone in a while. So, um, we'll go. Which one is that the one? I don't, know, don't, corner, name, don't name it don't name it but uh we'll we'll, okay. we'll go there mm, sure we'll go there okay cool well you know what sean i think maybe we should just wrap this up that was a good amount of time yeah sounds good um i don't know when we're gonna do another one but probably we'll try and try and get back on this fairly sooner than later we took yeah. a long break uh i'll yeah. put a little intro in the into the beginning yeah we've been we've been taking it pretty easy it seems but we've been like i've been super busy so um you know my apologies but mm-hmm. the zoom's pretty easy you know just squeezing an hour here and there like i can find time right um yeah so yeah like even next week we could probably do one yeah, next week or the week after, it doesn't matter. Sure. Okay. Thanks okay. for watching, listening, listening yeah. to the Metaverse. Thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye.